Hey, Husky fans, welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. My name is Trevor Mueller. With me is Jake Grant and you, Leah. And uh, we're here to talk about the Golden Hurricanes of Tulsa. Um, they come to town after beating some school I've never heard of, 42 to 7. Um, we're going to break it all down. Uh, but first, you know, how we feeling? Seems like a pretty easy win. Leah, what do you got? feel good about this. This is one of those games that you really, like I said, to close our podcast last Sunday, you have to get out of this with a win. You have to get reps for your lower stringed guys, and you absolutely have to get out of this injury free. It should be a feel good win, a real shot in the arm for confidence going into East Lansing next week. Um, But I expect the guys to put up a show and I expect Mike not to play in the third, the fourth quarter. Yeah, for sure. Jake, Washington is ranked in the AP poll at number eight. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, we all kind of thought it would be around, right around nine or eight. Um, I was surprised to see LSU fall as far as they did. Um, I mean, that was we talked about it last week. That was at Florida State against a really good football program. LSU is still going to be really good. Uh, I don't love their quarterback situation. Did you see the hit that he took? Nope. Nobody saw that? Okay. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, yeah, where the guy, like, lifted uh, Jane Daniels. Yeah, and just body slammed. Yes, I did. Body slammed him. Awful. Awful. Thought he died. Um, So, you didn't expect to beat anybody, you know, jump anybody that was in front of you because everybody else won out. Yeah. So, I mean, eight, I think, is right where they belong for now. They're going to keep winning out. Some teams in front of them are going to start losing, and, and we'll be in the top five before you know it. It's kind of where you want to be. The other Pac-12 teams that are in the AP Top 25, USC at 6, obviously Washington at 8, Utah at 12, Oregon at 13, Oregon State at 16, and probably the biggest shocker of them all, uh, Colorado at 22. Man, the more I listen to people talk about Deion Sanders and the quick turnaround and the way that he interacts with his players, how he hired really good, you know, um, coordinators. I, I'm, I'm not on the, he's going to be a national champion this year. He's going to compete for the, for the PAC 12, but I'm also like, he might have the right formula here. Yeah. Well, and, and I heard a really good point. I can't remember where I heard it from, but, he is he's coming into this college football coaching unscathed by the way that things used to be. He right. doesn't know the tradition without the NIL. He doesn't know the tradition without new conference realignment. So he doesn't have this history to fall back on and, and have his mind think, man, it used to work like this back in the day. He's coming into this with a fresh start, learning how the NIL works and using it to his advantage. You absolutely cannot blame the AP for putting Colorado in the top 25. I actually, I thought that they would. I thought they'd be a little bit higher. You took a TCU team that just went to the national championship game, is a top 17 team, and you and you scored at will on them. Yeah. You got a guy on your team that played 187 snaps, some ridiculous number, right? Playing both sides of the football, being absolutely dominant on it. One of the nation's top players. How could you not have Colorado in your top 25 right now? As much as it pains me to say it, they deserve to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like Coach Prime really understands how to motivate kids. 
that's what I mostly am noticing in his press conferences that he's so passionate and it's almost like he's just a big kid in the best way where he's very controlled. He's very measured, but he's passionate and he knows how to light a fire under the guys. And I feel like in the last several coaching staffs, that just wasn't there. So I think to your point, Jake, we're going to see Dion do really well at Colorado, maybe two to three years. And that's going to catapult him to a big 10 or an sec job. Yeah. I, it's, it's pretty incredible. Every time that they show him on television, I get more and more angry because I'm just thinking this kid, every time Dion gets on TV, he's got two more commits that are just signing up to play for him because they're, he's lighting a fire under their asses and, and, and he's getting all these guys that are wanting to play rough, tough football and he's bringing them in and he's making them better and right away right away he's making them better and and good on uh, good on Colorado for making a really good hire um like you said Leah I mean it's going to be a good hire for two years and then and then he's going to go on his merry way probably to Florida State yeah or somewhere down in Florida right if Florida State keeps it going that guy's going to stick around but man I the thing that blows my mind is you think you know it's neon Dion right it's the it's the showboating it's it's the running into the end zone with the hand behind time it's prime time Mm -hmm. right but at the same time he gets his guys to execute yeah and he's um, walking the talk you're 100 correct and it's that you've seen so many coaches be able to do one or the other that's right and it's really wild to see somebody being this wildly successful so quickly and i know it's just one game in the in the um power five but he dominated the FCS. Um, and then I know that TCU might not be as good as they were last year, but going into that stadium uh, and every time it looked like, you know, every, I mean, I watched it every time they went down, I was like, okay, that's probably it. And then Travis Hunter makes another play and, yeah. and they just continued. The offense looks so good. And I think it's a lot of it, you know, a lot of the, the prime, puts a lot of it on himself and some people don't like that but he also shifts a lot of the the praise back to the kids but then he makes really really good coordinator hires yeah and it's so important yeah and those guys are behind the scenes but those are the guys that oil the machine that works and it it's it's a proven system and i i loved i heard on the radio like coaches don't necessarily like it when he's like congratulating players after the game because you get you get noticed by prime it's like uh, i mean yeah yeah leave my kid Deion Sanders. Yeah, yeah. you know I, I, and i'll eat my words as far as i did not think sure sanders was gonna be at upper echelon pac-12 quarterback that dude didn't miss a throw all day he looked absolutely phenomenal i was very impressed with how how well he controlled that offense he has the uh, the capability of running out of the pocket and getting a first down, but he doesn't need to. He can do it with his arm. His arm talent's mm. pretty dang good. Yeah, I mean, I think what was it? One of you, but it was probably Jake, that was talking about potentially there may be uh, game day coming to Eugene for the Colorado game, and we're just all going to have to bust out our black and gold on that day because that is going to be the day that we're most of, we're biggest fans of coach fans of Coach Prime. He, I just feel like going into a place like TCU, who, as Trevor and Jake just mentioned, are fresh off a game in the national championship. That is a very tough place to play. 
winning on the road against a hostile crowd is never easy. And like Washington can go to Arizona state where there's like 25 fans in the stadium and can't win and prime his first game out of the tunnel is at TCU. And he comes out with the dub. That's super impressive. So they're definitely going to have a lot of eyeballs on them and totally deservedly. So Um, I'm excited to see how they develop and, Mercifully for Washington, we probably don't have to play them this year unless they're in the conference championship, but they do play at Eugene and, you know, darn it, I'm going to be rooting for them all the way. It's the first, it's the first conference game of the year for both teams. I think that's, you know, it's a game that I thought that Oregon would win by 50 or 60 points. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I just, I, I, I do appreciate Kalen DeBoer in the way that this team seems to walk in with a lot of confidence Um, obviously nobody, I don't know if anybody walking the planet has the moxie that coach Sanders has, but Kalen DeBoer, I feel like does have a group that is very confident in themselves. Yes. My more of like a walk softly and carry a big stick type of coach. I would agree with you on that. What I, what kind of has stuck as a thorn in me for, you know, since we've done this podcast, Jake is watching Washington walk into places where they were absolutely competitive enough to be in those games and just be shell-shocked for the first half. Yeah. I mean, all the way back, I it was it might have been the very first game we ever recapped was Auburn. Washington should have won that game. Yes. And they played scared for a half. And then yeah. you saw it in the Rose Bowl. And you in person at the the Fiesta Bowl, Bowl. Mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. big games they just didn't play well until it was panic time and they let kind of i don't know their, uh, their talent take over it just the I, wasn't there. i do think though that you're describing a lot of games that were under the chris peterson era and he yes. just there's a lot of lack of moxie for lack of a better word in those situations particularly because by his own admission he wasn't into it maybe in those final years and I do believe Kalen DeBoer has not even reached the crest of his career right now. And he's still trying to make a brand for himself. So winning a game at the Alamo bowl was step one for him because we hadn't won a big game in a bowl in a long time. So that was much appreciated. Well done in his part. And we're going to be looking for him to build on that. And I think he will because he really has that hunger and the drive to be great. And I think we're going to see something big out of the team this year. Well, and look at the history. He just wins everywhere he goes. Yeah, I, and, win. Uh, yeah I, I I, was going to mention that, too, when you talked about how uh, Dion, you know, he went to the FCS level and he won and then he's come here and he's won. But he's he's kind of right in line with with Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer has got a year on him with probably a little bit more on his resume at this point. Um, so, you know, there are two completely opposing coaches as far as how they coach their teams and how they act in public, but their trajectories are kind of running similar to each Absolutely. other right now. Parallel. The other thing I wanted to point out, just looking at Colorado's schedule is like they play at Oregon on uh, September 23rd, the next week they host SC. Oof, yeah. So if you can win one of those, all of a sudden you're probably looking at a top 12 ranking for sure. I, I mean, love for them to beat both of them. That'd be great for us. 
but they have just kind of an amazing schedule and it's, it actually really serves them pretty well. They have to, they also host Oregon state. So all of a sudden Oregon state and USC and Oregon schedule look a little bit tougher now. Yeah. And and I'm really curious to see what happens when Colorado loses and they get punched in the mouth a little bit. How do they respond? I'm really curious about that because I know (laughs) Deion Sanders is a cornerback. He did. He was not perfect in the NFL. He got mm-hmm. burned, but he the the short attention, uh, uh, like memory of a really good defensive back. It seems like he's carried into the coaching staff, and so these guys just go with yep. unbelievable confidence. So, well, that's enough about Colorado. I never thought we'd spend that much time talking about Colorado for the rest of their time in the Pac-12, but you know what? Here we are. So, um, the prime effect is touched. Fourth and inches. No. Uh, on to on to Tulsa. Um, Washington is a 34-point favorite going into this game. Mm. Kind of like what you guys talked about. It's it, it's gonna be, it's probably not gonna be that close. Um, but Jake, why don't you educate us on Tulsa's offense? Yeah, their offense was pretty stable last week. Uh, they were pretty even across the board, passing 257 yards, rushing 260. Um, like you mentioned, they didn't play anybody, but they're pretty balanced as far as how they play. Their starting quarterback, Braylon, Braylon Braxton, gets hurt with an ankle injury after throwing his second interception in week yeah. one. Um, it doesn't play very good. He goes – he has uh, – Hang on, I got the stats right here. He was one for four with two interceptions, nine yards, with a negative 56 QBR. Uh, that's not good. That's ooh, They come in after he gets his ankle rolled up on. They bring in Williams. 13 of 14 for a 92% completion rate and absolutely throws touchdowns all over the place. Three touchdowns. So as far as their offense goes – it's going to be pretty stable. You know, it's going to be pretty balanced. They're going to try to run the ball. They're going to try to throw the ball. Um, I don't think it's going to be more of a test than what Boise State was. I, I, They're not as talented. They're not as big and physical on the offensive line. Uh, I would I would expect uh, Braylon tries to come out with two sacks this game, um, be out by halfway through the third quarter, and uh, – Asa Turner and, and the rest of them guys in the secondary to be out by the fourth quarter. Uh, this defense going to rear its ears back and try to get to the quarterback and, and try to get out of that game healthy. Like you talked about Leah. Mm-hmm. What are some ways that, I mean, what are you looking for in the defense to improve on, I guess, uh, with a team like Wait, Tulsa? Is this a pocket passer or is he mobile Jake? I don't know who's going to start for them. I I've read the uh I've read the um injury report for Tulsa and mm-hmm. it doesn't say anything about Braxton. Uh they mentioned an ankle injury. Um but there's suspicion that he just wasn't playing good. And that's why he got taken off the field. If it's Braxton, he is a mobile quarterback. He runs a lot. Um if it's if it's Williams, he's a pocket passer he's going to sit in the pocket he's going to pick you apart um i don't know i would assume that i'd rather see braxton playing for tulsa i think that suits our defense better our defense bigger stronger faster than tulsa's offensive line and the rest of their team um so i think that does suit washington's 
defense better, and especially if Braxton's not out at 100%. I just don't know who's going to be playing for them. Trevor, do you know? No, I don't. Um, and kind of the same thing. Braxton took over about halfway through the season last year. They were 5-7. and seven. Um, They hung with some teams that were uh, clearly better than them. They're a middle-of-the-road team in the American last year. Um, just looking at Braxton numbers last year, he did, he ran, uh, quite a bit. He had 50, 55 carries, you know, he's a mid fifties completion percentage. Uh, not a lot. He, he was 10 touchdowns to two interceptions. He already has two interceptions on the season this year. Uh, Williams is interesting because he's, uh, he's a red shirt freshman, uh, and he threw the ball really, really well doesn't look like much of a runner. He ran a little bit in high school, but um, that obviously didn't translate to number one. So our, you know, start our time number one in the, in college football. So I'm not really sure. Um, I think he has the ability to run. He's, he's, he looks pretty mobile, um, but I think that he's going to be a, a pass first, pass second kind of a player. I think it'll probably be Williams. Yeah, and they have they have Braxton listed as questionable, okay. so I think it's probably going to come down to a game time decision for them. So it just depends. I mean, what do you want from the defense out of this game? I'd like to see some quarterback pressure. Is where I'd like to see Washington's defense coming into this game. Uh, that's the one thing I think that we were missing off of this defense last week was any kind of quarterback pressure. I don't feel like. We didn't get home, obviously. We only had one sack, and that was Ulufugio. But I don't feel like he was overly pressured anyways. So I'd like to see maybe some schemes to get some some guys coming off the edge, maybe some up the up you know up the middle pressure from some more inside linebacker blitzes. Um, maybe throwing a safety blitz. I don't know. I mean, now is the time with this game after beating Boise State. This game is the time to try some stuff. You can play around um, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Mess around with some pressures and see what what hits home and see what doesn't. And uh, other than that, I mean, I think I think the defense played awesome last week. I think the secondary played really well. Um, linebackers, I just I want to see some quarterback pressure. That's my biggest same thing going into this week. Yeah. To your point, I think that we have we're gonna have the wiggle room in terms of the score to be able to play a little bit. To your point, Jake. And I think that's the time to get a little bit experimental while not risking injury. I think that's that's the time to do it without opening up the playbook, um, especially defensively, just trying different bodies out there, seeing what personnel work with each other, that type of thing. Yeah. And basically what I've read is the offense, at least Tulsa has been in their time in the American They've been, they've had good offenses, bad defenses, bad defenses, good offenses. And it sounds like this year, the strength is more on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but Jake, I don't know if you read anything about this. It sounds like their offensive line is pretty bad. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what happened to Braxton was on a sack. He got rolled up on, yeah. um, which is every quarterback's worst and, you know, worst dream is getting rolled up on by his own offensive lineman. Um, that especially one that just got pushed into your lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of looking at the offensive scheme of and how everything played out for Tulsa last week is that's kind of how those interceptions were forced 
where the ball needed to be out quick because he couldn't trust his offensive line. I just think it's it's a per- and I don't think you even need to put your starters in the position of when you're going to blitz. You just need to find the blitz packages that work against certain looks. And if that works for our defensive coordinator and the rest of this defense, then you can plug in your offensive starter or defensive starters later in the year with some more, some deep, some blitzes that work. Awesome. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, this is if you're if you're a Tulsa fan and you're going to play a major Division One university, you probably don't want to play one with Michael Penix on the roster. Because this defense is really bad. Um, not only were they really bad, they also ha- have a lot of turnover um, and not necessarily upgrades from what I read. Uh, there's a couple of Seattle kids uh, on the roster, um, Jaden Simon and Julian Simon. Uh, Julian Simon looks like he'll he's going to be one of the starting linebackers, um, but it's Mitchell Culkin who's kind of their their linebacker, who's, who's their Eddie, right? The guy that's going to get the bulk of the tackles. Um, Their defensive line is, is their worst position group. Um, And they were run all over last year. They gave up um, almost over 250 yards on the ground a game. They were one of the worst in the, they were like seventh out of 10 in the American. When it comes to giving up points, they gave up almost 34 points a game. (laughs) And one of the articles I read said that, the position group that looks the best was the cornerbacks just because teams just ran all over them most of the game. Um, And I'm really curious what happened at Oklahoma state. I'm just, I'm starting to put two and two together here a little bit, but Jabbar Muhammad comes to Washington and uh, DeMarco Jones is a transfer from Oklahoma state um, as is Jace Oliver. So uh, two guys, it's three, three, players from the Oklahoma state program have transferred out and, you know, three of them will be on the field today or, or on um, Saturday. Kandarian Ray uh, is another guy that can make some plays. He's a free safety, but overall this, this group just gets run on. And I think that works perfectly for Washington who needs to start to find out exactly how their running back situation is going to work. Um, Dylan Johnson had some tough yards uh, he caught the ball effectively out of the backfield. Will Nixon looked like the better runner uh, between the tackles. Um, but then I don't know if you guys saw this, but Dave Mahler posted something on Twitter uh, about Ryan Grubb saying that when it comes to the running back uh, room, the guys who can protect Michael will play. And I, I feel like that's directly talking um, about Richard Newton. So like he does yeah, not think uh, that that Dick is is protecting Mike. That would be my guess is he's not good in pass protection. Dick isn't protecting Penix. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, Alec Jake, sorry, Jake, go take a lap, go run a lap with that. <laughs> you set him up. Time out already. I did. That yeah, was that was my did. fault. That was my fault. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. that's actually that's a real yeah. value though for Grub is making sure the first and foremost that the guys out there are protecting yeah. Mike. If you yeah. can't do that, I understand. I get it. I like I like Richard Newton. He's one of my favorites. But if he's not doing that, then I get it. Right. Because then if he goes in there, then 
and, and he's clearly not good in pass protection. If, even after that being said, if you're an offensive coordinator, you're like, okay, well, this is going to be either a horizontal throw or it's going to be a run, right? I would really like to see Newton out there. Um, I, I just think that he brings such a level of physicality to the, to the position that, you know, it's that's, hard to, that's, that's the part that confuses me, right? Is that he is so physical and he has the potential to be a good pass blocker. It must just not be clicking mentally with, you know, blitz. I wonder if it's recognizing like it. Like, yeah, yeah. You just said it. I wonder if it's that, it. and like, do we think it has anything to do with the history of injuries? Just not the speed, the agility, not being there. That could be it. Yeah, that also could be it, right? We could just be looking at something completely off, and it could be something just as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you just can't trust his health is worth its weight in gold, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I wouldn't mind seeing him out there running the rock downhill too right yeah i mean that's kind of what my favorite part about richard newton was is give me a downhill runner and then he's going to try to run past you and run over you and and that's I just, what i miss I just about like, this offense i just right like now. it when dick hits the hole i don't know mm. <laughs> do you sorry do you <laughs> oh, anyway God. more about how, the how, offense how am, getting, how am i getting shunned about what i said oh boy but all of a sudden you know dang leah just pops in with a mic drop (laughs) what are we looking for in terms of like most exciting things that we should see against tulsa while we have our like our a1 guys out there gosh that's a really good question um are we just talking often talking both I'm mostly yeah. talking about offense because we just wrapped up defense. I'm mostly talking about okay. like what are we looking um, to see? Like I'm I'm maybe excited about seeing a little bit more from Jeremy and from Denzel Boston. What about you, Jake? Yeah. Nixon. I want to see Nixon. Mm-hmm. I want to see him get a hundred yards rushing. Uh-oh. Confidence boosted. Let him that he's he's the guy and that he has the ability to lead lead a rushing. Trev. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's more instead of necessarily the anybody any running back. I want somebody to find rhythm uh, and something to build upon. I think that would be really important. I love the idea of one of them getting a hundred yards. Um, I also want to see Michael Penix sling the rock. I want to have those stats. I want video game numbers just so you know. I want him in New York, and I want him winning the Heisman trophy uh-huh. or I want, yeah, I want him to put up 500 yards. Um, I, I want, I want throws down the field, you know, it's all those things. That's, that's what I want to see. I want to see, <laughs> I guess the offense be really good. Apparently I want a hundred yard rusher and I want a 500 yard passer. So uh, I, I want them to win handily. It looks like. Yeah. I think if we can work on something offensively, it should be our running game. Yeah said for the past year plus that the offensive line has been amazing and there's nothing wrong with what they're doing right now, but we can do better. Yeah. We can take the pass protection that we're so very good at, at protecting Mike and open up some gaps, um, establish our running game, establish some of our running backs. Uh, I saw Will Nixon at the raise the woof and that guy has massive arms. He is a beast. And I would way bigger than he was last year. Yeah. 
he looks like a specimen. So I would really like him to be the RB one and play like it and get the protection and the coverage that he's supposed to get as such. I would really like to see what happened to Tulsa last week, happening again this week and have their safety be their leading tackler. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That would make, that would make me happy. Yeah. But we uh, all want to make Jake happy. That's, that's, that's the goal. That's, that's why we have this seems podcast. Simple, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you buddy. Right. No. So we got, um, we got something new that we're going to try out. Uh, we haven't necessarily gotten all the bugs out of the way. We're going to try it. Um, we're going to do a Pac-12 survivor pool. Um, we're going to pick a program each week that we believe is going to win. We cannot pick that team ever again for the rest of the year. And we're going to see how we do. Um, you guys are going to be able to play along. I think the way that we're going to do this is uh, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Um, if you comment underneath uh, the pool post that I put out, uh, you're eligible. You're going to, I'll try to tabulate it as much as I can, but it's going to kind of be on the honor system to see how far you can go as well. Um, there what do will you win, be, Trev? How do we win? What do you win? Pride? That's a great question, Jake. Uh, what do we got? We got a couple of hats, fourth and inches hats, and we have a volleyball signed by the UW women's volleyball team. I have to look at the volleyball to see what year it is. I can't tell you off the top of my head, but we do have a volleyball signed from them. And maybe a couple other cool stuff, maybe some stickers. Yeah. Maybe some other merch. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see how far it gets. These are really hard. So and the Pac-12 schedule. Also, if I sweep, I'm just going to keep all my merch. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, we know Uh, that's not going to happen, Jake. So (laughs) I do have two Warren Moon signed footballs too. So I could get rid of one. Oh damn. So whoa. Okay. Um. So run some boxes of Julio's. Julio Rodriguez is a cereal. Oh, excellent. We're going to do our picks and then you can um, play along with us again, comment underneath the posts, or you can um, uh, send me a message and I'll try to tabulate everything up. So without further ado, Jake, you're the first survivor. Who's your team? I'm taking early powerhouse pick USC over Stanford. All right. Getting, uh, getting the Trojans off the board. Uh, right away don't need them don't <laughs> want strategy cotton let's see how it plays out <laughs> i just don't want to get eliminated week one that's all yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that would suck and it could happen to us so leah who do you got i am getting somebody out of the way that i don't like to root for so i am picking the utah utes to go to waco texas and beat the baylor bears awesome and i'm taking ucla um they're well, one of those know that. Yeah. You'll pick UCLA every week, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> Soft <laughs> powder, baby blue. Somewhere Kayla just like perked up a little bit. She's like, hey, <laughs> she's never like, talking about it. UCLA she again. Like, Leah, you Did almost let that go. UCLA? 
<laughs> you have to slam Trevor for this, Leah. I just got like her spidey senses and like yeah. insta texted me. Wherever, wherever she is, it just got like one degree cooler. She's like, it is time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it, Trev. Come on. Don't be, be better. <laughs> Anyhow, I'm sticking, I'm sticking with my man here. Uh the fighting chips are gonna go and uh into San Diego State beat them. They're 14 and a half point favorites, so I feel pretty good about it. Um yeah. You yeah. guys, you know, it's as we go, I'm sure we're eventually going to have the same same teams and hopefully we all make it through week one and or I guess week two, but week one of our pool. Uh, go ahead and join. See, uh, see how far you can make it. So there we go on that. Um, guys, what other games are we watching for this week? Leah, what do you got? Um, well, we just got done talking about them. So um, the buffs are yeah. hosting Nebraska. That's one of their rivalry games, if not the biggest rivalry for them. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a great game. I also think that it'll kind of show what Colorado is made of. I think that they will win that game. It's a, it's basically a pick em. Colorado by three right now in Boulder. I think it'll probably be more like a touchdown. I, I like the buffs, but that, that's going to be a really fun game to watch. Yep. And it's a morning game. So you can watch that before you got head to Husky stadium. Hey, Jake. Texas, Alabama. Yeah. The return of uh, Sarkeesian to Alabama. Uh, Texas is going to Alabama last year. They lost in a heartbreaker to Alabama on a late field goal. I think that this year they probably lose by 20 to Alabama. But uh, I do think it could be a good game. I think Texas has a really fast defense. Hook'em. I don't know. Hmm? Hook'em. Yeah, I mean, go get them. I, I'm I'm actually rooting for Texas against Alabama. I just don't think that they have the talent to keep up with them. Okay. Kind of elaborating on the Alabama game real quick. Uh, Alabama is a seven-point favorite, so Vegas loves them too. Seven points is a pretty big spread for an 11 versus a three. Um, I know the three is at home, but... And then you can get done watching Leah's game, swap on over to ESPN and watch them at four o'clock after watching the Huskies. Well, you only really probably need to watch the first half of the Husky game. So. Yeah, ex- yes, there you go. Unless you're actually at the game like I will be. I personally like Wisconsin to the boost to play Uh They're six-point underdogs at home. I think Washington state could beat Wisconsin. And that's oh, the, that's sure. the one I'm focused on. I really think, and Washington state fan, they're, they're pissed. And they, they really believe that this is a statement they can make to the big 10, that they can fill their stadium and they can beat up on Wisconsin. That's And, and that's what I've seen on, on, uh, on Twitter. Um, I don't know if it's true. I'm going to be rooting for the Cougs. I hope they win this game. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw this and this is kind of petty of me, but the uh the AP voter for Wisconsin put Washington at like fifteen, so they could go kick rocks. They're the fake U Dub. I don't like Wisconsin. Um, they don't call themselves U Dub though. Good. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, I got a good buddy from Wisconsin. He calls himself U Dub all the time. It's strange. I feel like we trademarked that way before they did. I would agree with you on that. I I kind of I keep looking at the Auburn game and Cal and like how well Auburn ran the or Cal ran the ball. And I'm like, it's I, in Cal. It's an SEC team. Outside I am so shocked that for the second week in a row, an SEC team is traveling west of the Mississippi to well, the, that's wait, not going to happen. Checks, anymore. checks the score, California. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. 
They went yeah. to Utah and now California. I, yeah. And I just keep thinking like, you know, Auburn's kind of in transition right now. Cal is not on life support. Like I thought they were going to be. Um, I, I'm, I kind of like, I, I like Cal six and a half, you know, at six and a half points. I'll take that. Yeah. I think they're going to be some pretty good games. We'll be back to recap everything that happens with the golden hurricanes in Tulsa. Um, so for Trevor Mueller, UW Leah, Jake Grant, go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. Shower the golden hurricane.